0: of the Hawks Talk podcast, the official podcast of your Upper Valley Nighthawks here at the Hotel Coolidge. Welcome in, everyone. My name is Ian Finke, and I'm once again joined by Patrick McCall. We're going to take a look back at the week that, well, uh, not a whole bunch happened due to rain here in the area in the, in New England, but uh, Patrick, um, two, day, two games over the course of the last week and... Uh, it's been, it's been an adventurous trip, uh, for upper Valley. I mean, I remember waking up a lot of times just seeing, oh well game canceled.
1: What am I going to do with my day now? Yeah. It's been a, it's been a struggle to say the least to get some baseball going. Uh, you know, it feels like once we get going, the rain comes right back and just halts us. But Yeah, it's been a struggle, especially when, you know, we travel for the game against uh, the Mountaineers and it just ultimately gets canceled. So it's been rough.
0: Yeah, we did travel up to Montpelier for what was scheduled to be a game, game two of the Governor's Cup. But that one got postponed to a later date. But the other uh, couple of games that were scheduled for this week and got rained out, uh, three of them to be exact, were canceled before. Uh, we made the trip to Maxfield to catch the bus. Or uh, today's game, as of recording, Saturday, was supposed to play uh, against Martha's Vineyard, but because they're so far out, it was canceled before uh, we even got back from the back from Montpelier yesterday. But a lot of the time that uh, was not spent. Uh, worrying or wondering if we are going to play baseball was spent here at the uh, Hotel Coolidge. And before we talk more about that, we actually had a an interview with one of the members of the front desk staff here at the Hotel Coolidge, and talk a little bit about himself and the uh, Hotel Coolidge itself. Let's take a listen.
2: Joining us today is Hotel Coolidge. Front desk person Tom Healy, Tom, you're a big Nighthawks fan. What's the best game day
3: experience you've ever had with us? Best game day experience? Well, I guess it was the first time that I ever went to a game to find out how uh, incredibly uh, well prepared not only the, the field was, but the team. The team was uh, good in doubt this. You know, this was uh, but this would have been pre pandemic. So, we are talking about four years ago. Um, one of the things that is a little uh, <coughs> disconcerting is if you, uh, if you sit on the visitor's side, you're going to be blinded for most of the game because <laughs> that sun comes down, it's, that sun's hot, but it's a very enjoyable experience.
1: Yeah, so uh, the whole reason we're here is because of our partnership with the Coolidge. We get to stay here for the whole summer on a discount. So I was kind of wondering if you can give us some um, insight on how the partnership first started a couple of years ago. Well my understanding
3: was that uh, uh originally I guess it was should have been Matt I mean we've been dealing with him for a long time um he he reached out to us because he knew that we had a specific uh we we were a, we were a hosteling hotel so if if people aren't familiar with hosteling it's a really inexpensive way to travel around the country and Europe and Asia you know uh s- Smaller amenities, you know, less amenities, but uh, it's a bed and a, and a chair and a desk and a fan. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, they called us up and uh, we said, well, if you hang a banner saying Hotel Coolidge in the, in the outfield, <laughs> then you got yourself a deal.
0: So you're very in touch with the history of the community here, and especially the Hotel Coolidge, a historic site here in White River Junction. Tell the uh, listeners a little bit about the history of the hotel here.
3: Well, the hotel dates back to 1849, and it was uh, founded originally by uh, the, uh, the father of President Calvin Coolidge, which is why the, the, it's named the Coolidge Hotel, Hotel Coolidge. It was founded uh, essentially because uh, this was a, a major uh, economic thoroughfare here. Uh, the factories and farming and the industries that were of you know, important in the in the mid to late eighteen hundreds took place in this area, or this was a stopping, stopping off, a dropping off. So I, I, I tell folks who, who check into the hotel these days that, you know, they wonder why why all the uh, why all the overnight train service, you know, what, what's up with that? And I said, well, this this hotel was this was this was like a it, it, it's it's like a hotel that uh, you might stay at Laguardia Airport now. It's right next to the main uh, you know uh, thoroughfare of transportation.
2: And uh, how long have you been working here?
3: This is, I'm coming up on nine years. So I'm not a, uh, I'm not a native Vermonter, but you know, I feel like uh, after nine years, it feels like home to me now. So.
2: And speaking of, of home, uh, here at um, Hartford, Vermont, and White River Junction in, in, in general, just give us a sense of, of the community and, and what it's like living around here.
3: The community... Has uh, made tremendous um, strides locally. Uh, this town had a bad reputation 20 years ago. It was, it was, a, it, was it was, called seedy and rundown. <clears throat> um, I think, uh, but folks instrumental to the uh, resurgence of the of the area, particularly David Briggs, the owner of the business and the owner of the uh, Gates Briggs Building. He uh, <clears throat> teamed up with other local uh, oh. business people, business leaders and, uh, and councilmen and tried to get folks invested uh, in the resurgence of the area. So many new uh, projects have taken place, a couple of new apartment buildings, a, uh <clears throat> a uh, very nice uh, retirement home in the back of us. Northern Stage has a new theater. Uh, the restaurants and the shops in the area—they're—they're they're relatively recent. You know, some have been here since I have been, but the resurgence continues.
1: Yeah, you said uh, you're not a native Vermonter, so I was kind of wondering what your backstory is and kind of what brought you to the White River Junction area and to work at Hotel Coolidge. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm an Air Force brat, and I'm actually a
3: Texan, so I was born in Texas, and we had a couple of moves in between the time I was you know, zero months old and uh, when we returned to Texas when I was nine. So I adopted Texas as my home state. Uh, that's where I came into contact with uh, music. I had always been a, a music junkie from, a, from an early age, but uh, music became my passion, my calling. Uh, went to music school in Boston. Uh, so I ended up going to Boston. The reason why I picked Boston over the Cincinnati, the conservatory in Cincinnati, was because that's where the Red Sox were, <laughs> and I grew up. My 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 father was a Red Sox fan. His father was a Red Sox fan, so it's it it, it, it was in the blood. So, but uh, uh, since my music uh, career in the music industry ended, uh, I have since migrated further north from Mass from. Starting in New York where where my my career ended and then to Massachusetts and then again now to Vermont
0: so you talked about your music career how do you keep your love of music alive and I know sometimes you can uh, you know play or play around with some folks in the area, but how do you keep your love of music going here uh, in White River Junction
3: it was uh it was very uh, pleasing to f- to find out that uh, White River Junction had uh, th- this area, the Upper Valley, had a very active music scene, uh, particularly for my uh, my uh, first love, which is classical music. So, I joined the uh, the uh, Handel Society over at Dartmouth when I first got here. I've been singing all my life, and they had an opportunity. Uh, I personally, um, I told my employer that uh, he. he I would work for him if, but he'd have to let me listen to music during my shift. So, and uh, I, uh, I also now do a uh, 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 show up in uh, South Royalton, the community radio uh, WFVR, classical music show every Thursday. So, my passion is still there, and continue to pursue it.
2: Uh, just curious, who's your favorite uh, classical musician?
3: I don't have a favorite classical musician per se. You. People would ask me who's my favorite composer. Yes, yeah, sure. because I went to music school for composition, and in fact, I still write music uh, actively. And uh, it would have to be—I'm—it's uh, a tie: uh, Igor Stravinsky and Aaron Copland.
2: Okay, got it. Um, and then talking uh, a little bit about again the Upper Valley, White River Junction area, um, and going over, I guess, into. Lebanon cause we're right on that border. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the people listening to this podcast are, uh, from the area and, you know, they're, they're listening as Nighthawks fans. Um, what are some things that they can do here? You know, you mentioned the opera house, um, maybe how about some, some good restaurants around here? What are, what are some things that people can do around the area?
3: Well, if anyone who checks into the hotel, Coolidge is within a quarter of a mile of five terrific restaurants that's the the great draw of of the area. Not only to have the restaurants so close together, but to have an active theater company doing performances essentially year-round. They have a summer program that will start, uh, the Center for Cartoon Studies. Um, I'd like to know more about how they, uh, uh, (coughs) uh, if they have, if the public has access to what happens at the school, uh, I, because I think that would be um, a wonderful thing for folks coming into the area to find out. But Main Street Museum is quite interesting, the current exhibit of of uh, paint by number cows uh, by all manner of different artists, young and old, rich and poor. Uh, <clears throat> Then you uh, venture outside the area, and then you have you know you can go to Woodstock, and then before that you get to Cleachy Gorge, and it's a wonderful walk and a great view, lots of great hiking experiences here. But hey, they could say the same thing about uh, about you know, uh, uh, New Hampshire, can say the same things about themselves. That they're you know, great little places
0: to eat and to see and to experience. Yeah, I just went up to uh, Queechy Gorge earlier today. It's a it's definitely a, a great walk and a great sight to see uh, once you get down to the water area there. Uh, turning back to the Nighthawks for a second, uh, what's one thing you're looking forward to this season out of the team? Well, I don't think we finished that strongly last year, um,
3: but I do know that it's a uh, it's due to the att- attrition rate sometimes at the end of the season. Where folks need to get back to where they, they need to be. Uh, look, all, all all I want to see is 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 people doing their best, learning the fundamentals. I saw the Red Sox lose a game <laughs> last night again because they didn't have the fundamentals down. Um, I I the you know good pitching and, and, and good defense. That's what I that's what I like to I like to say. I don't love twelve to to two ball games necessarily. <laughs>
0: That's Tom Healy, front desk uh, at the Coolidge here in White River Junction. Tom, thanks for talking to us today.
3: It's great to be with you today. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you to Tom Healy for that interview, giving us some insight on the Upper Valley and the Hotel Coolidge and also a little bit about himself. So when you come to the Hotel Coolidge, uh, be sure to mention that you uh, actually learned about Tom through – The interview on Hawks talk, Hawks talk podcast. So, uh, Patrick, looking back at the two games that were actually played for Upper Valley this week, you had to go back to Monday to start the week. It was a a a close three to two loss uh, up in Sanford, Maine against the Mainers. And then I had to go way forward to a 4-3, 11-inning victory against the Keene Swamp Bats. And what were some takeaways? I mean, granted, very small sample size and only two games, but what were some takeaways in those two games for you?
1: Yeah, I think the main one right now is, you know, the Nighthawks started strong in both those games and kind of faltered off towards the end and let the teams come back. Uh, In the game against the Mainers, they, they ended up winning the game due to some, I'd say, rough pitching from Will Taylor in that one inning. He, I think he walked four of his seven batters. He hit four of them. Yeah, he yeah. hit four of them. So, yeah, there's definitely, you know, the bullpen is still a strong spot, but we've seen we've seen little struggles late in the games to, uh, you know, kind of defend. So I think that's one. But, you know, ultimately, I think with the strong starts we are having, that as the season progresses, it's going to even out. And you mentioned the bullpen also. Uh, it was – Really just that one game against
0: the Mainers that was a little bit of a a bump in what's been a really smooth road so far for Upper Valley. Uh, You look at Jordan Goldman, who's turned into a really strong back-end bullpen arm. He pitched two innings uh, over those two games this week and did not allow a run, looked very smooth, very confident on the mound. But also, Randall Alejo... Came back in and really a masterful performance against the Keene Swamp Bats. Came into extras to pitch the 10th and the 11th with the place runner at second both times. And both times he stranded the runner on. Did not allow a single run to score against them. And still sporting a a very, uh, well, a minuscule zero ERA this season. He's just been masterful in the bullpen for the Nighthawks.
1: Yeah, I think Randall's definitely been our best guy coming out of the bullpen. It feels like every single time he comes in, you know, we're feeling a little not at ease because it seems like the, the other teams are getting some momentum. But wh- right when Randall gets on the mound, it feels like, OK, if we just get some offense going, we're going to be good because Randall's going to stop them.
0: Yeah, he's now 2-0 and on the season. Both games he's come in to pitch. Either Upper Valley was tied up or at a deficit, and then he comes in to to both games holds down the fort and does enough to get the victory. And also should mention in that game against King, four strikeouts in his uh I think faced seven batters over his two innings of work so very smooth very confident and I remember him coming into the press box after the game after he had his post-game meal asking us where his velocity was sitting and uh we told him you know sitting in the 90s 91 I saw a couple times and he was he was really kicking himself and uh talking to the coaching staff His Chad Sturgeon especially he said uh, he really only cares about his velocity but Uh, He really should take pride in in his pitching performances so far this year.
1: Yeah, I think he has because, you know, he's getting put in these situations where he has to be the guy and he has been. And we've been seeing a lot of emotion uh, out from him on the mound. You know, after a big strikeout, we we see the emotion coming out of him and it gets the team ramped up. So I think, you know, Randall does show like how much he cares about this team. This is his third year here at Upper Valley. So I really think he's been a great leader for the team.
0: And another standout from that keen game and really throughout this season has been the defense for the Upper Valley Nighthawks. And looking back at my scorebook, which I have to do this after we finish recording the podcast, but there were several plays that I had circled in my scorebook as standout defensive web gems. Uh, Submit those to the league for highlight videos and everything. But um, it's been the middle infield, especially Chris Worcester and Tyler Long have played there primarily, and they've been extremely strong up the middle, not much gets by them, but uh the catching. Uh both both Kevin Brugman and Corey Klingenbeck have caught several base stealers on the bases, an immaculate nearly uh caught stealing percentage. I think something around like 90 percent. Or on the young season right now. I don't think that's sustainable, but it's definitely something as we go down into games that really matter, especially if you look at Governor's Cups games, a couple more coming later in the season, that could be an X factor in, in limiting teams from trying to take the extra base.
1: Yeah, I think the catchers have been a super strong point of this defense. I just think off my head, I really can't think of a time where a catcher went to throw someone out in second and they didn't get them. So, you know, as the season goes on and if their stats keep it up, these, these teams might not, you know, try to steal as much.
0: And then also they've also gotten some help. I think back to uh the the King game when Tyler Long had to go to a dive to get a a throw ball down to second from Uh, Kevin Brugman, and he had to dive and tag the runner at the same time and still made the play to get the out. So really, it's both ends of those caught stealing plays that have worked out extremely well for Upper Valley.
1: Yeah, I think there was a game or the one play against the Mainers where Tyler Long shot off his vertical to get one. uh, And that was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it's been really strong defense on both sides. But uh, looking back to the offensive side of the ball now and again only two games it's, it's really tough to uh, identify really big performances from only two games but we we can extrapolate that to the whole season who are who have been who have been some guys that have really stood out to you
1: at the plate well if we're talking about the whole season because of our lack of content this week I'd say um, I think Kevin Brugman's really been there especially against the game against uh, the Mainers he's kind of been the kind of been their kryptonite as of late, even though you know the last game didn't turn out well. But other than that, I think for this week, we saw Jake Bullard finally get going a little bit in the game against Keene. We really needed to see that. He had the believe the first RBI at the game, so that was really great to see.
0: Yeah, both guys really getting hot at the plate, especially Brugman. He's been a standout on both sides of the baseball, but also Darius Myers has just been such a consistent performer. He's gotten hits in every game for Upper Valley so far this season, and this week and. Again, a small sample size, but he went three for eight, which is nothing to uh, to scoff at. He has been really disciplined at the plate. Only a couple strikeouts so far this season. It's been, you know, he and once he gets on the bases, you you know he's going to wreak havoc on the base paths. He, I think we're going to say this quote over and over again this summer. But he attacks the game, so the game doesn't attack him. He he takes the game head on, and he doesn't he doesn't let things come to him. He wants to force the issue.
1: Yeah, not only him attacking the base pads, but it seems like if we have runners on and Derrick's uh, up the bat, he's bringing them in, you know. I think against, again, the last game against Keene, he had that that two-run RBI, which really uh, gave the Nighthawks most of the momentum throughout the game. So, you know, Derrick's has been huge. He's been kind of like the constant weapon that we've had to uh, utilize. So we talked a lot
0: about who was great this week for Upper Valley and, and really only two games but we had a chance earlier this week to sit down with the reigning player of the week the reigning batter of the week for the Upper Valley Nighthawks and Steve Harrington the first base and outfielder from Hofstra University we talked with him uh, about his Nighthawks performance and a little bit about what he's done with the Hofstra pride let's take a listen
2: Our second guest today is first baseman Steve Harrington of Hofstra. Steve hit our first home run of the season for the Nighthawks. Steve, you come up here, and now you have three more teammates with you. What's it like playing summer ball with three Hofstra teammates?
4: Uh, so, yeah, it's great because uh, I've known Kevin for like three years now, Dylan only a year, and I'm actually living with him with the host family, so it's pretty cool, but, uh, you know, it takes the nerves out uh it feels more like home when you know people already so it's been great as a as a Hofstra student myself it's just uh you know it's great knowing people
0: but uh talk about the chemistry that you've built with some of the other teammates you know some guys that you probably haven't seen before this but uh you know two days of practice and immediately getting into it what was that process like
4: yeah I mean you hang out with them for basically eight hours a day especially with on like long bus rides so you get to know everyone it's good personalities we We're playing our golfing together, you know, stuff like that, so I'm excited for the summer.
1: Steve, as a big TV fan, I feel like I have to bring up a non-baseball question here. How many times do people ask about your name in connection to Stranger Things?
4: I would say, uh, I would say twice a month. It's not as (laughs) much as I, like, you would think, but it comes in spurts. Like, sometimes, especially here, since I, you know, there's a lot of people around and, you know, they're learning my name. I've heard it, like, six times already since I've been here. and and you are a fan of the show just to be clear. Right? Yeah, I've watched the show. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And then um
2: going back to the baseball side of things, uh do you sort of consider yourself, you know, Mr. do everything, you know, you played in the outfield, first base, um and you hit for power, you hit for, you know, just to get on base. Is that sort of your your
4: mantra out there every time you're in the box? Uh well, you know, growing up I uh I'm very analytical about things, so I knew like you know speed's not my thing so I have to throw the ball hard hit the ball hard and you know hit with a good average to play so I've naturally as I grew up kind of moved from shortstop to the outfield because you know I'm not a speedster and at first base I, I've been playing it for about two years now it's it's pretty easy to pick up honestly you just got to practice it but yeah it's pretty cool playing multiple positions so you're
0: getting ready today as we're recording this for a game against the Keene Swampbacks, taking you back to opening night where you opened the season tally for the Nighthawks with that home run back in game
4: one. What was your approach in that at-bat? Uh, Well, you know, the pitchers are very talented, so, like, everyone's throwing 90, so you got to be on time. I was, I was just trying to be ready for the first pitch fastball because I kind of knew it was coming just based on the situation. I don't really remember it specifically, but I kind of knew it was coming, so just like beyond time for it, you know.
1: You're coming off a pretty big season out at Hofstra. How's it how's it help you going into Summer Ball having a good season at batting and then coming in right away and hitting the home
4: run? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to hit that home run cuz uh, you know, I haven't really swung wood in a game before. I haven't really played Summer Ball that much before, you know, this season. But, you know, having a good year definitely I was definitely coming in pretty confident and uh because I really learned about the approach this year, and I knew I just, I just trust myself, so I knew it would be working. And,
2: Steve, you, uh, you set career highs in basically every single offensive category this season. You made all CAA, second team. What are your goals now to improve upon in this
4: summer and then going into next year at Hofstra? The big thing for me is just getting stronger, bigger and stronger. And when we play, uh, sometimes we play, like, West Virginia. We played this year Yukon. UConn. You just look at them. They're just big dudes. And I think that's one thing holding me back. So, you know, the home runs will come, you know, the stronger you are. You you have more room for error, basically.
0: And you got Campbell coming into the conference next year. It's going to be a a big year for the CAA. But taking you back to last year, winning the first conference title in program history at Hofstra, being part of really a rising tide in that Hofstra program, what was that feeling like winning the championship with Frank Catalanato?
4: I mean, it was great. I I can't say I expected it, especially with new coaches uh, and you know our history as a team. But you know, we we're just grinders. We're not we're not gonna hit home runs. You know, we we just grind our way to wins, and we just knew how to win, and we trusted the coaches and. I wasn't really expecting to win, to be quite honest. But when we won, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, you talked about not expecting. You guys were picked
0: to finish last in the conference uh, coming into the preseason poll. So uh, it was it was really remarkable watching that run and uh, and seeing you guys go all the way to the title.
1: Yeah. So you say you're not very familiar with summer ball coming in. So I was kind of wondering, you know, what made you come out here and play for the Nighthawks? And maybe did the, the Hofstra guys coming into here kind of have a say?
4: If you were coming here or not, or I don't know what kind of swayed you to come to the Nighthawks. Well, I, I was dead set on playing in this league because I couldn't play a couple summers ago because of like injuries. Last summer, I took off to like you know work on my swing and stuff, but I I kind of knew I, I need to play at least one year summer ball to like get my name out there, and uh, it's just fortunate that you know we have a couple teammates on the team. Uh, looking forward
0: to the next couple of games for Upper Valley, some uh, some good competition coming up. What are you looking forward to
4: in uh, in the next stretch of games? Uh, you know, just, I mean, we're, I feel like we're a pretty scrappy team too, like our Hasha team, and uh, starting to build closer relationships, and we know how to win, and, you know, I think the bats will heat up a little bit more. We're not really scoring too much, but uh, I'm excited, yeah.
2: Um, my last question for you, Steve. I know um, you said that you, you're interested in analytics and scouting. Uh, so what does that future look for you after baseball? How are you going to sort of achieve that dream, you think?
4: Well, uh, you know, I used to be an analytics major, but uh, I quickly <laughs> learned it's, it's pretty difficult. But, uh, you know, I, I am very analytical like with, like, scouting reports. Like, I, I kind of know, like, where I'm at like numbers-wise, you know, where other kids are at numbers-wise. So, uh, you know, I also play golf, so that's very important for golf. And, you know, if baseball doesn't work out, maybe I'll try some golf.
0: A couple of days off the last couple of days and uh, some more coming up on the schedule after uh, a real grind to start the season. What's been your favorite uh, off-day activity here in the Upper Valley?
4: Oh, definitely golfing. Uh, we went out to a course. It was like $38, you know, I can't beat that, you know, with some friends, you know, golfing. There's nothing better than that. That's
0: Steve Harrington, the reigning hitter of the week for your Upper Valley Nighthawks. Steve, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you so much to Steve Harrington for sitting down and talking with the Hawks Talk podcast gang. And now that we've, uh, we've talked about what did happen on the field for Upper Valley, let's talk a little bit about what you and I have been to both at the field and off the field here with the rest of the interns.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, again, small sample size for this week, but I think mostly uh, with my beat writing gig, you know, I can't really, I don't really do much before the games because my job is always to uh, be a play by play for Twitter, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, not much on that thing. My, most of my work comes after the game, you know, to get all, get all the quotes, write the article and put it up on the social media. But off the field, I've really been enjoying our new Monopoly league. The yeah. interns have started. I think we've really been enjoying that. Uh, we have two game or uh, two sessions down, probably about five hours in total. Yeah, just and, about right. Yeah. Yeah, and Jacob has been destroying us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been it's been truly remarkable what he's been able to do. It's you know you think Monopoly is a game of luck, but he turns it into a game of skill. He's won both games with a with a sizable margin, um, but. I think we're going to have to team up to take Jacob down. But uh, when we're at the field, I split play-by-play duties on the NECBL network with uh, with Jonah Krell. Uh, whenever I'm not on uh, the, the call, when we're at home, I'm both do- helping out with the live tweeting. I, I post some graphics and uh, work, work with that. But I also help to run the production truck to produce the broadcasts that go out. Over the air, um, but when we're on the road, it's just helping out with uh, with the social media and that kind of aspect of it. I also print out the programs, so if you notice any typos, it's my fault. You can you can come and talk to me about that. But uh, you know we're we're getting into the into the swing of things this season. Hopefully the the rain will hold off, and hopefully looking looking at the uh, the forecast for this next week, knock, knocking on wood a little bit. I think it looks more promising for baseball.
1: Yeah, let's hope so, because this week has kind of been brutal for us and probably even more the players. You know, the players need to come out here and, you know, get their stats to, you know, get to where they want to be. And the rain is just not helping them out at all.
0: Yeah, I know Mike Simonella coming off the, the bus the other day. He was like, I thought I came here to play baseball. Just a little bit of frustration uh, boiling out over the players. And I think us at this point, uh, we're, we're kind of tired of sitting around. We want to we wanna uh, do what we came here to do. And uh, that, that's bring the Nighthawks baseball to you, the fans. And uh, we're looking forward to doing that over the next week of games, which here's the schedule for you. Uh, starting this Sunday as the podcast is coming out, um, we're recording this on Saturday, so looking ahead from this standpoint, a doubleheader at the North Adams steeple- Steeplecats on Sunday. That starts at 4, and then Game 2 is slated for 6.30, so stay tuned as you're listening to the podcast, and uh, if you're doing it live or if you're doing it uh, after it comes out live, you can uh, you know look back at that Steeplecats game, see what happened, and then... Two days off for Upper Valley, as if they didn't have enough days off already this week. They are back in action on Wednesday. Big stretch of North Division games there. Upper Valley hosts the Keene Swamp Bats on Wednesday, 6 o'clock start at Maxfield. Then they hit the road at Keene on Thursday at 6.30. Back home for what is now Game 2 of the Governor's Cup against the Vermont Mountaineers. Back at home on Friday at Maxfield at 6 o'clock. And then Saturday they head down to Danbury for a 630 game against the Mountaineer or against rather excuse me against the Westerners. So uh, Patrick, I'm looking at the those three games against North Division opponents and it's so important to get off to a, a good start in the division, especially when things are so close with Vermont and Upper Valley right now knotted at the top of the division.
1: Yeah, it is really important. I think the Nighthawks have done a pretty good job so far of what they've done, but this week is really pivotal for their season to kind of get ahead of the rest of the of the rest of the teams and you know kind of shine because we've seen from last year, you know, upper valley was kind of middle of the road. They couldn't get ahead, but they weren't too far back. We don't want to be in that spot again. We want to take the lead and kind of run with it.
0: And uh, also some reinforcements coming in for Upper Valley. I know one pitcher, uh, Fuller, coming in today from the airport. Actually, Jacob, our, our reigning Monopoly champion, is, is heading to the airport to pick him up as we speak right now. So some much-needed uh, bullpen and, and pitching rotation help coming in. And uh, also some other guys winning in the wings that have finished up their collegiate seasons. Think of Austin Beck, and uh, who, who won the D2 championship at Angelo State, and uh, other Upper Valley players are coming here to the team in the coming weeks to really provide support to what what's been a strong team effort so far, but really, uh, you know, a wealth of talent is not a bad thing to have,
1: yeah, especially uh, for the pitchers, because I've been talking to Chad, and every time a pitcher hasn't performed their best of their ability, he's just been saying, "Hey, they're tired. You know, we need more arms out here to relieve. And you know they've done a great job so far, maybe not a couple a couple performances by some guys, but again, We need more arms to go out there.
0: So, I mean, that's just about all we have here. But one final thought heading into the week. Uh, What can Upper Valley do to to post a winning schedule here over the next course of games and really stake their claim on top of the North Division?
1: Well, I think we just have to, you know, start how like we've been starting great. It's just about finishing the games. We've shown if, you know, we get the extras, we're going to win. But we need to get to extras you know, in these close games because we saw against the, the Mainers that if we lose all momentum and lose a little bit too much, we're not going to come back from that. So we really need to take a big lead quick and maintain it. So that's going
0: to do it here for us from the Hawks Talk podcast at the Hotel Coolidge. Thank you so much for spending your time with us here and uh, listening to us talk happenings in the Upper Valley and also everything about the Upper Valley Nighthawks. We'll be back with more content throughout the week on our social media platforms and also every Sunday here on Hawks Talk. For my partner, Patrick McCall, my name is Ian Banke. Thank you again for spending your time with us and we hope to see you for the next one.